just past 8 o'clock on a Thursday night. It's time to talk sports because you have just landed in the Ozone. The Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe here in the Ozone. We are taking names and kicking posteriors, so give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. Or if you're technologically inclined, it's ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Well, the Florida State Seminoles, after a thrilling victory over LSU in New Orleans, will be off this weekend. Next weekend on Friday night, they'll take on Louisville at Louisville in Papa John Stadium. Now, the Kentucky Wildcats are going to be in Gainesville this Saturday night. They'll take on the Gators at 7 o'clock, 4 o'clock pregame. You can hear that on WONN right down the dial, 107.1 FM or 1230 AM. The Bucks are going to be on Saturday night, or Sunday night, I'm sorry. They'll be traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys, 820 kickoff, 7 o'clock pregame. Coach Joe, a lot of football last weekend. Well, I'll tell you, it was it was exciting. They got off to a, a really, really exciting start, and uh, maybe the most exciting, of course, for the Gator fans was in Gainesville, where yeah. uh, where that was that was a really, really great win for the Gators. One that uh, they haven't had in a while, and something like that. Not only the fact that it was against a really good team in Utah, who's ranked in the top ten, and and the, is going to be good this year. They are they are very strong. They're they're big. They're physical. They do everything right. They're they're well they're a well coached, very polished team. Not only beating them, but in the manner that it was done, um, not getting down when they fell behind, not panicking when they're behind in the fourth quarter, having to have a drive uh, at the end of the game, and and not only going on the drive but executing so well on so many important plays. And I'm not just talking about Anthony Richardson. I'm talking about the running backs. I'm talking about the offensive line and converting that fourth and three. So many good things that were happening. And and what did not happen during that final drive, there were no penalties. (laughs) So they were keeping their composure as well. Fall behind, no problem. Behind in the fourth quarter, no problem. Must have drive at the end of the game, no problem. And they came up with the big stop at the end. And you know what what the image I'm going to remember the most from that game, Ronnie, was everybody remembers – when that interception occurred in the end zone, all the Gators rushed toward midfield to celebrate. Well, I saw that a replay of that play from a different angle, and I saw that one Gator in particular did not run down to the middle of the field. In fact, he walked slowly off the field, not even celebrating. It was uh, Brenton Cox, completely, utterly exhausted. And I watched another view of the, of the angle in the replay, and he put the pressure on quarterback rising that uh, forced him to rush that throw and maybe he contributed to the interception. He had absolutely nothing left in the tank. He left everything on the field. It's that kind of effort, that kind of desire that's going to get the gets going to help the Gators in their building process. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I heard today is I think it was Rick Neuheisel said that, well, Florida tackled the receiver in the end zone. That's not what I saw. No, no, the he did. Receiver no. slipped. Yeah, it, he just basically slipped. I think his legs just kind of gave out from fatigue. Really. Yeah. There, there was not, there was not any grabbing or, or anything. Well, you, you were right here. You heard last week when we had Bill Riley, the Utah play-by-play guy. He got a little testy when we mentioned about the weather and the humidity. 
And yet, if you watched it on television, I just watched a replay yesterday, and uh, there were some guys throwing up on the Utah mm-hmm. sideline in the game. And I'm sure when you, you the quarterback, you come out of the huddle and defenders throwing up, you're like, okay, we're going to run right away from the vomit. <laughs> well, those those tight ends are beating the Gators like a drum for a good part of that game. But then they started cramping up. And at the end of the game, who was still fresh enough to make an incredible play was our defense, which and that was a really great catch, by the way, in that end zone. <laughs> it <laughs> <That> was. was. <laughs> I thought, sure, it happened in the end zone where I was sitting, and I thought, oh, they're going to review this. But it was so clean that there was no need to review it once you saw it from when you saw the replay of it. And I'm sure there was an official right there. He clearly got both hands underneath it. Oh yeah, he he made he made it perfect. I mean, he 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 looked like an offensive player. He made such a great catch. And Amari Bernie was a kid that that he's one. Of, he was the guy that was covering the tight end a lot of the times. Oh, I know. He had he was being beaten a lot. But that's what I was referring to earlier about that desire, about never getting down on yourself. And you keep playing, you keep fighting, you keep competing, and then you make that one play that saves the day at the end. Exactly. Well, we're going to have some Kentucky people on tonight. The Gators take on Kentucky and Gainesville. And we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Brad Smith, former Kentucky Wildcat quarterback, former Lakeland Dreadnought. He'll be on with us. And then a little bit later, John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Herald Leader. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7. Hello there, sports fans. This is Sam Jones, 10-time NBA champion with the Boston Celtics. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Ozone. Oh, yeah. Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. Turning scrap metal into cash. What you say we talk sports, Mr. Ronnie O? All right. Sam Jones, one of the all-time NBA greats. And he had 10 championships and an eight, Pete, eight in a row. Well... We told you we were going to have a great lineup for you tonight. And with us is former Dreadnought quarterback, former Kentucky quarterback, Mr. Brad Smith. Brad, welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Thank you. Nice to be here. Oh, man, we really appreciate you coming on. You know, I was looking back, and you played for some great football coaches. Of course, Bill Castle at Lakeland High School is as good as anybody that had ever graced a high school sideline. But you also played for Jerry Claiborne. At Kentucky, who paid, played for Bear Bryant there, and um, you played for Bill Curry, who played for Bobby Dodd in college, Vince Lombardi, Don Shula, and Chuck Knox in the NFL. So you had some really great coaches that you played for. Bonnie, you're on top of your history. I got a question for you. Okay. Who's tied? Who is tied with Bear Bryant uh, for the most wins at uh, University of Kentucky in its football history? Mr. Stoops, Mr. Mark Stoops. You got it. Man, I'll tell right you what. Six, two a lot of people don't realize that Bear Bryant coached at Kentucky, and uh, he might have stayed there. He had it going on. You know, they beat Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl back during Oklahoma's 47-game winning streak, and uh, that was Bear Bryant. They beat that one of those great Oklahoma teams uh, back in the day, and, of course, it, because it was a bowl game, it didn't count. Is, is part of the winning streak. But, you know, he also coached at Maryland, and he also coached at Texas A&M before he went to Alabama. But you're right. I mean, he, he was very successful at Kentucky. He had um, Babe Perilli and um, I think George Blanda, some of the people that played for him. That's right. 
Right. So yeah, there's there's some history and real big credit to Mark Stoops for the last, you know, eight years or so making a program at University of Kentucky the way he's done. I mean, it's really an exceptional job. What's been happening uh, within the program up at Kentucky, you know, as evidenced by the last few years in this. You know, for decades, it seemed it wasn't much of a rivalry or, you know, much of a challenge uh, for Florida every year. It seemed like it was a win they could count on, but things have changed. Oh, it really it's have. A different, different brand. No doubt. Um, Brad, when you were there, um, talk about you played at the highest level of high school football anywhere in the country. You go and play in the SEC. What was the most shocking thing to you? when you got there and went out on the practice field the first time? Well, you know, I, my first year, my freshman year, I was a red shirt. And so I was able to enjoy it from just gathering experience. And there was you know, big guys, you know, back then I played with Oliver Barnett, you know, people that would could bench a house on their shoulders. I mean, just the <laughs> strength of the players and the, the size of them, you know, being in the SEC. But the biggest change for me is whenever Bill Curry came to town and Tommy Bowden brought his pro-style offense. And that's whenever uh, my education in football just really went to a much higher level because we were dissecting the X's and O's and pretty much every front you saw from each team in the SEC – uh, the team's blitz packages, you know, we would review film to find the weakness or tendency of players on the other side of the football every week before games. And we'd have a couple new plays thrown in strategically designed to take advantage of those tendencies. So to me, you know, I mean, initially my freshman year was adjusting to the size, but whenever Tommy Bowden got there, I felt we really had um, – a heavy Ivy League type education in, in the game on the X's and O's from the offensive side. So it was, it was to me, the strategy, um, the biggest change. You know, Bill, uh, Bill Castle, of course, runs a great high school program. But kids in high school, they're not as able to adjust to, you know, reading the defense and making audibles or adjusting the fronts as what you can have happen in college or, you know, of course, what you have to be able to do in the pros to survive. Our guest tonight, Brad Smith, former starting quarterback for the University of Kentucky and, of course, uh, former three-year academic All-SEC and uh, member of the Lakeland High School Dreadnought Hall of Fame. Joining us tonight, 682-1430, 682-1430, if you want to talk uh, some football or other things with, with Brad. It's Coach Joe here, Brad. It's good talking to you again. Hope you're doing well. And uh, I wanted to ask you, you're a quarterback, so I want you to uh, – Look at the quarterback, Will Levis, Kentucky. You're you're now in Mark Stoops' shoes. you got a game plan for this game. Do you think about how Utah was successful running the ball and say run, 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 or you've got Will Levis, pass, pass, pass? What do you think? Um, first, Kentucky uh, you know, has got a new crew offensively. I think there's nine or ten new starters. And they've made some adjustments on the O-line just this week, trying to get the best five men up front. Uh, so the O-line is uh, maybe a little untested as far as working. Uh, the disappointing thing for Kentucky last week was, you know, they, they wound up handling Miami of Ohio, who's a good MAC program, and they, they have a really good squad. Um, 
was that the yards per rush was was fairly low. Um, it was the kicking game that helped open things up, and then the passing of, of Will Levis. So I think the strategy is, you know, and we're down to a couple running backs. You know, a couple have injuries, so I think that's going to factor in. I I, I think he's going to maybe try to establish some possession. Uh, receiving yards. Um, Levis is an exceptional athlete at quarterback. Um, he's durable. He can throw the ball. Uh, his decision making keeps improving, and his playmaking, you know, on his feet is going to be there. So I think it's going to be, you know, uh, a big night. Um, and Levis is a star. I mean, make no mistake about it. The guy is um, very talented, and I I believe the stage is set for him to really shine at perhaps his brightest moment on Saturday night. So I, I, I think they're going to, they're going to be able to or, or, or try to run the ball, but I think they're going to have to do some different things to really chip away at Florida's defense. Yeah, they did struggle, Brad, to run the ball against Miami, Ohio. Uh, it says that uh, Kenneth Horsey is now the new uh, starting left tackle. Was it an offensive line issue, or is it just the injuries to the running backs that, that are causing such a – issue with the running game last week? I, I believe it was just uh, such a high turnover. You know, they had that, uh, the big blue wall last year, you know, some seasoned um, offensive linemen, and so they've virtually all been replaced. So you have um, a new crew. The, the change with Horsey was just done to try to get the best five men up front and to put him at tackle. Um, and, and so that's where it's a little untested how that's going to work out, you know, how the, how the decisions are made and the, the, the blocking adjustments are made. Uh, so that's, that is something that's going to be very interesting to watch is to see what Stoop's strategy is to account for that young line with down to limited running backs, what is going to be his strategy. And so that's where, and I think the answer is going to have to be Will Levis. Brad, Ronnie O, again, you know, you've obviously parlayed your athletic ability into a great education. And um, first of all, tell the audience what you do today. And then secondly, I'd like to hear your perspective and what you would tell young people about the importance of getting their education despite maybe having superior athletic ability. Well, I think it's important to paddle on each side of your canoe. Um, the habits <laughs> you learn in playing sports are you know, the same kind of habits that lead to success in life. And so, you know, whether you're, you know, at two days in football and, you know, developing skills and waking up early and, you know, seizing the day and, you know, taking advantage in, uh, of your opportunities, you know, the same things apply once sports are done. Or if you choose to stay in sports, you know, being a coach, you know, those same attitudes uh, and, and attributes of what it takes to excel in sports apply in life. Me personally, um, I was able to, you know, uh, play football. Then I went off to law school and I practiced law here in town. I represent injured workers. I uh, represent people in auto accidents. Um, I'm an attorney. I work with my wife. I have a firm of uh, nine attorneys, but also own a um, significant amount of uh, property and manage um, my own. I've started um, retail centers. I, I created Dollar Market about 15 years ago. And our family also has a daycare uh, on the north side of town that uh, we have the Northside Village. Uh, we also have a landscape company, and I think it was it all started with um, 
back at Lakeland High School and wanting to be a uh, a player for Bill Castle and knowing that it was going to take some extra work for me uh, to, to find my way onto the field. Brad, I'm, you know, I'm, and that's, that's true 35 years later. Brad, Brad, little ways to do extra. I'm curious about something, given your background as a, as a college football player and as an attorney now. Uh, people say that, that college football players should be considered employees of the, of the institution. What's your opinion on that? You know, I haven't quite figured that position out. We are at crossroads in the NCAA, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is really just mind-blowing the possibilities. It is an era that we'll look back on, and there will be players that have capitalized, uh, organizations uh, and universities that have capitalized. Uh, I, I'm not... I'm not quite sure, um, you know, wh- where I stand yet. I haven't had a child go through it or anything to make it illuminate right before my eyes. <laughs> I think it's a, a good thing to acknowledge that college athletes um, work very hard, spend a lot of sweat equity out there, you know, using their bodies uh, for the benefit of a greater cause. So there is a significant perspective in my mind that it's only fair to allow them to re- uh, receive some of the, the benefit of that. No now, doubt. Many people don't make it to the next level and don't ever get to enjoy the, the profits of their, of their success or, or what they can bring to a, a university program. So to me, I do feel it's appropriate to head in that direction where, where it does get recognized to some degree. Brad, Figuring no. out what's fair, I don't know. Brad, one of the things that I wanted to ask you was two things, actually. Your most memorable game at Kentucky, and then also wanted to ask you for your prediction on the game Saturday night. My most memorable game at Kentucky was probably my first start. Um, I was up at Ole Miss, and I remember coming off the sidelines at warm-ups, and there was a a fellow on the sidelines on the end zone in a wheelchair. Uh, it was a quadriplegic. His name was Chucky Mullins. Wow. And it was a game that he came back to see after a tragic event during a game a couple of years before against Vanderbilt. And, you know, it was devastating. The SEC and the folks around college football, you know, that was – I'll never forget that. That day we wound up losing that day, but I threw for a couple of touchdowns and ran one, and we wound up losing 35-29. Um, and, and so when I got back home that next day, I was out at a restaurant, and uh, someone, you know, my meal got taken care of, and someone said, you know, hey, your meal's taken care of. Someone over there said you covered the spread, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. I grew up here in Polk County and went to a Baptist church, and we didn't talk about the stress at my church. And that so is awesome. I did not know what that meant, and so I had to go back to my room, and I was like, "What? What was? Uh, what, what's the spread thing?" You know, I got they took care of my meal down there, and uh, they said the spread was six points, or the spread was seven. We lost by six, so you know everybody everybody locally won. Oh my uh, gosh. That that weekend, they are traveling and starting and, and all these sites and all these things and 
that first year was such a great uh, education for me. And then my prediction for Saturday, um, I, I, I do believe the brand that uh, Stoops has got is, uh, you know, peak, peak football. I mean, you got to remember, Kentucky is a state that's 10% the size of Florida. So for him to be able to recruit and manage and develop the team, the teams that he's had the last several years, got about it's thirty a seconds. Of a lot of combination of great players, but great coaching, and I think Stoops is going to carry that. And so there's a whole generation now. I mean, it, this brand of football is very unique and very special. I, I think they'll rise up to the task. I think if Richardson can stay maintained and um, be kept from making big plays, Kentucky's going to pull it out. All right. Well, Brad, thank you so much. Really appreciate you coming on with us, and best of luck in your practice, and uh, always appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks, All Brad. Right. Pleasure to be here. Brad Smith, former University of Kentucky quarterback and LHS quarterback. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 FM, WLKF. Yes, we are. Talk Radio 96.7, and you are in the Ozone. The Ozone tonight brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. They turn scrap metal into cash. Right, Ronnie O? All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. And it is an honor to have with us one of the top sports journalists in the entire country, Mr. John Clay from the the. Uh, I almost said Louisville, Lexington Herald leader. John, welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, we appreciate it. Now, is it true that Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir and U.K. President Eli Capilouto don't make a move without first consulting you? <laughs> no, that's, that's, just an, that's just an ugly rumor out there. No, no that's far from true. <laughs> John, you have seen a lot of Kentucky football. You go back to like 1987, don't you? Yeah, I started covering uh, uh, UK football on the beat in 1987. Then was named columnist in 2000, and uh, I grew up in Central Kentucky. My dad had season tickets for UK dating back to 1952. So, yeah, I was a fan and follower of Kentucky football before I got into journalism. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of Kentucky football over the years. Wow, we just had Brad Smith former U.K. quarterback in the 89, 90, and 91 on with us. He's an attorney here in Lakeland where we are, and uh, we were talking wow. to him about you know, having played for Jerry Claiborne and Bill Curry and the pedigree of those coaches and who they had played for and who they'd worked under. And uh, So you've, you've seen a lot. I guess your dad actually saw Bear Bryant coach at Kentucky, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Back when he was at school at UK. Oh yeah, I remember Brad and uh, yeah Jerry Claiborne, and then of course Jerry Claiborne uh, had played for uh, Coach Bryant, and then uh, Bill Curry. Of course, he played for Vince Lombardi and Don Chula in the NFL. Yeah, both those guys had uh, very very uh, rich and uh, storied uh, football legacies in their careers. Well, John, um, both teams have played one game, and. Um... Kentucky comes in 1-0, and as Florida is. And uh, last week, Kentucky was trying to find their way offensively on the offensive line, it looked like. There's been some shuffling. Tell us about that. Yeah, they got they started five guys, uh, not five new guys necessarily, but they started five players uh, who were either new in their first college start or in a different position. Uh, they moved Eli Cox from guard to center, and then they had uh, Kenneth Torsey, who's usually their left guard, 
but he's been hurt during camp, so they started a retro freshman, Jagger Burton, at guard. They started a new guy, uh, another retro freshman, David Wallabaugh, a tackle. At the other tackle, they started Jeremy Blacks, who was a uh, uh, junior college kid who came in the program a couple of years ago, but who had not started. And then Tayshawn Manning, a transfer from Auburn, started at right guard. Uh, and they had a rough night. They only rushed for only 50 yards. Levis, Will Levis, the quarterback, was sacked four times. Uh, he was under pressure a lot during the night. So uh, after this week, they shuffled their offensive line, as you said. Uh, Kenneth Horsey, they moved him out to tackle. He'll start at tackle. Jagger Burton will start at that guard spot. And uh, Horsey's probably their best offensive lineman, but he doesn't have a whole lot of experience playing tackle. He played tackle last year in the bowl game when they had somebody who was ineligible to play in the bowl, and they moved him out to tackle to play there. But he only had like a week preparation. They didn't know until the really few days before because of COVID that he was going to be going to have to play out there. This time he's got a little more experience, uh, but not a whole lot. So, uh, but their hope, they're what they've been saying all week is they want to get their five best players, their five most consistent players out there, and uh, that's what they're going to try and do on Saturday night. Well, John, one of the key storylines is will Chris Rodriguez play Saturday? What are you hearing on that? No, he won't. He won't play on Saturday. He's he missed the. He was uh, ineligible, is what they're saying, or not available, is what they're saying for the first game. Uh, Chris had a DUI back in May. He pled guilty to it in July. But there's also uh, other issues going on with Chris and some of the other players as well. Jordan Wright, an out starting outside linebacker, uh, did not play in the first game. He also was either suspended or unavailable. However you want to put it. But he, they, you can announce today that he will play on Saturday, so he is back. But we don't expect Chris Rodriguez to be back for Saturday. And from what we're hearing, it may be a few more games before Chris Rodriguez will be available. Our guest tonight, John Clay of the Lexington Herald Leader and also of the John Clay Podcast, which uh, I have Spotify, and it's available there and at other places. And you can follow John Clay on Twitter, at John Clay IV. I guess is that John Clay the Fourth. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. That's... John Clay Four was already taken, so I went with John Clay. <laughs> well, John, thanks for joining us. Uh, Coach Joe here. Um, you know, we deal with a lot of history, and you're talking about how long you've been a Kentucky fan. Uh, apparently, in 1977, that was, the, I believe, the Fran Kersey coached Kentucky team. They had a big 33 to nothing win over Georgia and Athens. There's an interesting footnote about that game, isn't there? Yeah, Prince Charles was at that game. Now, soon to be King Charles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was at that game. Uh, in Athens, that game in Athens. Yeah, that was Kentucky's 10-1 and team with Arch Still, Eric Ramsey. That was the best Kentucky team, uh, certainly the best Kentucky team I've ever seen. Uh, in fact, it was the la- it was the last 10-win uh, Kentucky team until uh, the 2018 team with Mark Stoops won 10 games, and then they won 10 games last year, but they played more games. They were 10-3 and in each of those seasons. So, yeah, Prince Charles is at that game. You know, there were funny stories afterwards about, uh, you know, that was the first time he had ever seen an American football game. <laughs> and uh, some of the Kentucky players got to meet him, and they didn't really know what to say and uh, <laughs> so forth. And so, uh, anyway, uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of a little aside to that. My my son lives in Atlanta, and his, uh, his wife and uh, his father-in-law are big Georgia fans. And uh, he sent, I sent him the, the uh, somebody had put a tweet out about that story about Prince Charles being at that game. And uh, he sent back to me and said, please don't invite him to the uh, 
Kentucky Georgia game in November, and I said that it'd be a good time for him to come to the Bluegrass. I think and make his first <laughs> visit as king. He didn't want the same outcome. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, that's some good history there for Kentucky, but yeah. here's a little bit of bad history. Twenty six carries for fifty yards last week against Miami, Ohio. That's the second lowest total under uh, Mark Stoops. Uh, yeah, Utah is able to run the ball in the Gators, and it seems to be the best way to attack their defense. But you do have Will Levis. Uh, what's what's the game plan, especially without Chris Rodriguez? Well, I mean, I think you know, I think they'll still try to run the ball. Uh, Cavassier Smoke will start again at running back. He's an experienced guy. Yeah, he's good. They do have a couple other guys in the backfield who are hurt, but it looks like at least one of those guys is going to be unavailable. They have a Richard Freshman and Lavelle Wright that they're high on. We expect to get a lot more carries, and Levis can run the ball himself. He, uh, you know, he was a runner when he was at Penn State before he came to Kentucky. He ran the ball uh, in some games real, uh, pretty effectively last year. The only problem is they their uh, backup quarterback situation is really shaky, and the new offensive coordinator Rich Gangarello, who came to UK from the 49ers, has said during the spring and fall, you know, he'd like to see Will be a little more careful in his running, not take quite as many chances. But it wouldn't surprise me if they try to incorporate Will a little more into the running game on Saturday just because, as you said, Chris Rodriguez is unavailable and they were not able to run the ball very effectively against Miami. Yeah, I guess he didn't really try to run the ball. I mean, he was sacked four times and only is officially credited with seven carries. So I guess he just stayed in the pocket because he threw 31 times. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part he did. He had a couple of runs. He had one run where he... Uh, you know, tried to jump over the defenders. <laughs> we asked Mark Stoops, if somebody asked Mark Stoops about that today, and Mark said, you know, Will's going to be Will. But, you know, I think they do want him to be a little more, um, you know, a little, a little, a little, little not tentative, I don't, it's not the right word, be, you know, be a little, kind of stay in the pocket a little more and not run unless he has to. Uh, but, you know, and I think the offensive line, like we mentioned earlier, the offensive line problems had something to do with that as well, and not being able to run the ball against Miami. And also, Rich Gangarello told us earlier in the week, Miami really stacked the box against them, eight and nine guys uh, trying to take away the running game. So he thought that figured into it as well. So I think they'll try to run the ball uh, on Florida on Saturday. They'll make an effort, but definitely, you, you know, the, uh, they, they've got to be much more successful than they were against Miami. John, one final question. We've got about a minute left. Is uh, is there going to be a steel cage match between Calipari and Mark Stoops? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny at the game the other night in Miami. There were a lot of several people there at the game who were wearing football school T-shirts, blue <laughs> football school T-shirts. So yeah, I mean, Calipari, you know, he he made the comment about he wants a new basketball practice facility. He's been uh, uh, trying politicking for that, and he said when he was in the Bahamas, you know. We're a basketball school. No disrespect to football. Of course, whenever somebody or coach says no disrespect, you know disrespect is coming. No disrespect to football, but we're a basketball school. And uh, Mark Stoops took uh, umbrage at that and tweeted, you know, right away saying, you know, um, I thought we were, uh, you know, the basketball school. I thought we were in the SEC. And he kind of rubbed salt in the wounds by putting. Uh, Hashtag four straight bowl victories where Kentucky's coming off of a, that basketball loss to Sam Peters in the NCAA tournament. The two coaches say that everything is fine, uh, but, you know, we'll we'll see. The main thing, I think, is that uh, Calipari wants his basketball practice fully. Mark Stoops wants improvements for football. These days you've got boosters who are given, you know, uh, being 
tugged at in both directions. And now with <laughs> NIL, you know, give us money for NIL. You know, I think they're both competing for the same booster dollar. I think that's what the basis of that was. But everybody <laughs> says they've got it worked out. We'll see what happens uh, down the road. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much, John. You truly are a legend among journalists, and uh, you're known across the country. And we appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All thank right. you, John. John Clay, one of the outstanding sports journalists in the entire country. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hi, this is Matt Moore, former Florida Gator running back and former Miami Dolphin wide receiver. And you're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Ozone, oh yeah. Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap. Processors. All right, I know there's some of you out there that are hungry. You're thirsty. You cannot wait for that $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. And we have it for you right now. How about that? So, the rules are, if you haven't won in the last six months, give us a call at 682-1430. That's 682-1430. And here is the question. Kentucky, their current football coach just tied for the winningest football coach in the history of Kentucky football. One, if you can give us his name or if you can tell us whose record he tied, 682-1430, you will win that $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Ale House, which is, of course, located at 5650 South Florida Avenue, and they'll have all 40 of those strategically located television sets fired up and ready to go for you. All weekend long, you can watch your favorite sporting event right there. Uh, we got Walt on the phone. Walt, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. I can't win tonight. I won last week. But I just wanted to say something real quick about this controversy over paying players. Okay. Well, I've done some math because this question has been bantered around because one player spoke out. But the average tuition be whatever it is, counting room, board, food, is about two hundred to 250000 for just basic degrees. They don't feel that that's a form of payment. You know, the education is there for them to take. So few make it into the pros that why they don't grab that up. Now, I know some leave and get the big bucks to come into the NFL, but in the most part, they don't. They don't consider that a form of payment. When you're talking about an average roster being about 65 people, there's no variance in any of those costs because of your abilities. And they don't look at that. These colleges have to pay that. I'm with you, Walt. I, um, I'm an old curmudgeon. You know, I don't see any problem with letting the players earn money on their own. If they, they want to establish a business or sell their jerseys or those kind of things, I don't have a problem with that. But um, – I do have a problem with actually just flat out paying them and paying them to go to a school. But, you know, the NCAA has been kneecapped and they have absolutely no authority anymore. So they're not able to do anything. Um, we want to get somebody to call in too to win the sports quiz. What we want to know is the current Kentucky football coach just tied a former Kentucky football coach who's really better known for the work he did at another school in the SEC for the being the winningest football coach in Kentucky history, 682-1430.
at 682-1430, and you could win that $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Ale House, which Walt took home last week. Have you been out there yet, Walt? No, we're planning on going Saturday. All right. And you know better than to take Eric with you, right? Well, you know, I told him, putting up with you two, that he needs more than a week off. He needs a month. There you go. Now that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Hey, listen, I'll free the lineup, but I just wanted to throw that out. Thank you, Walt. You All take right, care, you guys. Walt. Have a good evening. Bye bye. If it, if it'll help, Ronnie, I'll, I'll, I'll list some famous there Kentucky coaches. Uh, we've already mentioned on the show Fran Kersey and Jerry Claiborne and Bill Curry. Uh, there's also Hal Mummy, uh, Rich Brooks, Guy Morris, who just passed away. Yes, he did. Rest in peace. He was uh, 2001 to 2002. Blanton Collier, Bear Bryant, coach to Kentucky. A lot of people don't remember that. Uh, so. Uh, the uh, the answer to Ronnie's question is one of those people. <laughs> yeah, one of those people. I mean, you know, that's a pretty storied list of people. You know, we didn't mention Bill Curry in there, and uh, he wasn't real successful at Kentucky. But you talk about a pedigree. Th- th- this guy played for Bobby Dodd, Vince Lombardi, Don Shula, and Chuck Knox. All right, Joe, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. You hungry and thirsty? Absolutely. All right. That's the kind of guys we want calling in here. So, can you tell us either the current Kentucky coach or whose record he tied for most wins in Kentucky football history? Well, the coach whose record got tied was none only than Paul Bear Bryant. That's right. And that was right before he went to Alabama. And uh, he fi- he decided that he was always going to be in the shadow of Adolph Rupp, no matter how many wins he had in football. And then I think it's Mark Stoops who's the uh, current coach. That's exactly right. Are you a Kentucky fan? Um, you know, I'm not. Actually, my, my father played football at Alabama, so I'm an Alabama fan uh, much more than any, you know, except for Florida State and where I went. Who was your dad? Well, his name, he, he, right after, his name was Tilro Morrison, and he ended up um, coaching uh, Plant City for a number of years and uh, coached baseball Polk. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, we appreciate you calling in. Have you ever been out the Ale House? I have. So I'm looking forward to this. All right. Well, um, if you'll hang on the line, Eric will get your wallet, get your credit card. I mean, no, no, he'll (laughs) he'll get your information and we'll send that out tonight. You can go as early as tomorrow and eat $30 worth on us. How about that? That sounds great. All right. Thank you so much. Congratulations, Joe. Very good. Have a good evening. All right. You can always count on a guy named Joe to come up with the answer. Who was 60, 23, and 5, 710 winning percentage. Back between 1946 and 1953 Kentucky. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Bear Bryant, he, he went from there to Texas A&M, and then he went to Alabama. Right, yeah, Texas so, A&M, the, the Junction Boys. That's right, the Junction Boys. You know, I don't think they, they either didn't win a game or only won one game after that. So. 